Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Misuboy SG and Starshot Bakery. In the last episode, we had our international quiz, whereby Arjun beat Stephen in a very closely fought match or quiz uh, to be crowned the ultimate um, quiz champion uh, between the three of us. So today, once again, we have uh, Ude back onto the stream with us. Uh, Ude, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, yeah good. I'm good. Um, Arjun, welcome back as well. Yep, yep, good to be back. Yeah. All right. So today we have um, MU fan Uday on the, on the channel. So obviously we're going to talk about something that is related to Manchester United. Um, so uh, recently we had the protests that that resulted in the postponement of the Liverpool and MU match in, at Old Trafford. And uh, this protest is also um, uh, mainly cons- consists of fans and and as a matter of fact, even pundits like Gary Neville strongly support the protests to take place. Um, which resulted in the match being called off. So today we're going to talk about how Uday and Arjun felt about this protest and and, and mainly their, their, their feelings uh, towards the, the owners, the Glazers family as well. So um, firstly, I want to ask maybe Arjun. Yeah. So Arjun, like, uh, like first, first of all, let's to, to, to start off. How do you feel about the protest and you know, where's your stand on, on this thing? Okay, so um, to be honest, I can't agree 100% with what the fans did. But of course, at the same time, I don't disagree 100% as well. So to lay out all the facts, starting with, of course, the main issue, which was the Glazers, uh, like even as far back as when Sir Alex was manager of the club, I have read many articles. For example, there's this one article which uh, I've read, I recently found it back. It was, but this was in 2018. It was a few years ago. Where um, it was written that the Glazers bought United for like 700 plus million in 2005. And then, of course, as businessmen, they're very good businessmen. And they've tried to run Manchester United like a business. I think that's where the problem is. So, which means they have seek to make profit, uh, as well as, of course, line their own pockets. So, which means they've taken out loans in the name of the club as well. Um, the figures being touted around is that they've taken a total of £1 billion out of the club, which, where the loan and the debt remains with the club, and they're paying interest over the years. And on top of that, um, pay, uh, they are paying interest. And so the United fans, uh, every transfer that um, doesn't go that well, where United don't spend so much, this again becomes a boiling point, In uh, which is what the Manchester United supporters trust have said as well. Uh, in addition to that, they are also looking at other clubs like say Real Madrid, for example, who have spent money developing their academy developing the support infrastructure, uh, whereas fans have said, have mentioned before that um, those kind of investment into like say Old Trafford or the supporting structures isn't as good, um, mainly due to this debt. So the club doesn't uh, take into account of that. So that is one part of the issue of the owners. But the main second part is also, I feel, is 
that the fans feel that the owners are not personal with the club, um, where the owners just treat it like a business. They don't treat it like a sports club where the fans have passion, and the same passion is missing with the owners. They don't. Uh, for example, like if you take Roman Abramovich at Chelsea, I see him at games. I see him celebrating when Chelsea wins. I see him celebrating. Uh, being uh, angry or not happy when Chelsea lose. I, I feel that he shows more passion and he's more involved in the club rather than how the Glazers are. So those are prob probably why the fan resentment has been building up. And of course, the ESL, the European Super League, was just the tipping point uh, where it was very clear that the club was in it for the money. And I, I can't say the club, but the owners, yes, they were in it for the money. Um, they did, probably didn't want to spend out of pocket they wanted to increase revenue. And of course, as a business, that was a wise decision. I wouldn't question them for that. But as a football club, as a sports club, it was a very wrong decision. Uh, more so not to involve, like say, the manager, the players, the fans, maybe even the staff. I don't think they involve any of them. So which is why I can understand the supporters' frustration. And although I think it shouldn't have gone to the level of violence that it did in the protest, but um, it sort of gave the intended effect, which was to uh, ensure that the owners know how bad like the supporters trust to them they have uh, dropped to. So for that, I think they achieved their purpose. But of course, um, I, even if you ask me how could they have done that in a, say, non-violent or uh, in a way that it doesn't stop the match, I don't think it would have brought so much attention. So I don't have an alternative way, but I can't fully agree with the way they did it also. So that's my opinion. Hi, I'd like yes. to chip into the conversation, by the way. Um, yeah. So I like what Arjun brought up just now, indicating that he has mixed feelings towards it. But the only reason why people actually protest is because they've reached the last resort. They can't really, there are no other ways or means for them to communicate to the owners, the Glazers that, look, we're very upset. And there have been other ways that they've actually tried to communicate. Manchester United has created an alternate club called the United FC United of Manchester, which is in the National League, one of the lower leagues as well. That's one of the ways that they protested. The other ways that they could protest earlier was in the stadiums, they wore the golden and green scarves, uh, which was the original jersey colours of the Manchester United Pirate Club or original name, which is called Newton Heat. So they have showed this type of ways of protest already and the Glazers never cared and they don't really talk about it. Um, we tried to look for videos of Glazers talking about Manchester United. I saw a video of one of the owners just pushing aside the, um, how you say, the reporter's questions um, during a rugby um, interview. Uh, so they also own a rugby football team called Tampa Bay's and they just, he just ignored it. The PR person just uh, answered the question saying, we are only focusing on rugby today. We're not going to talk about Manchester United. So, I mean, there are already so many resorts and this happened this year. The protest happened this year when fans couldn't go to the stadiums. So they had to protest it and they were very upset. This was the only way they could do it. So I actually fully support them, um, what the fans did. So, uh, Stephen, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, no, I'm just trying to play a devil's advocate here. I understand the frustration and the, the, this, uh, the disagreement to what the owners do treating MU as a business. But, but, yeah, yeah, ultimately, you know, football is a business, you know, you, you want to earn revenue. And what I've seen from the past few years, Manchester United has been the top three football club in terms of revenue earned, the, the most valuable football club itself, alongside with Real Madrid and 
and Barcelona. And no other English club can come as near as Menu. So in that sense, I feel the owners has done a good job if they, even, even though they treat the club as a business. And it's not as if like they, how to say, they have ruined the football club in a sense. They still pump money in to buy players. They still regularly evaluate the coaches. If they are not good enough, they still sack them. So in this sense, I feel it's okay. I don't know what, you, what are your thoughts. Yeah, so interesting point that you brought up. Uh, I definitely agree with the commercial aspect. If the way it's run as a business is fantastic, they earn so much revenue even when they are not winning trophies. That part is definitely fantastic. I don't doubt their abilities as businessmen. But being owners of major football clubs, I don't think being a businessman is enough. Yes, profits is good. Definitely it helps the team. But I feel you need to be more involved. Uh, you need to show more passion for the sport, for the club itself. Um, I don't think I've almost ever seen them wearing the United jersey as well. So, you know, little things like that, that goes to show the supporters they are with them. As for the protest itself, like uh, Uday said, he totally agreed with what the fans did. Again, I really agree with the intention and I appreciate that it's a last resort. But the only thing I regret is that I feel there were too many uh, innocent victims in this protest. For example, the staff, uh, a lot of them would have been inconvenienced, police officers. Players, I don't really say they would be inconvenienced because they were in a hotel room anyway and they generally earn enough and not to be inconvenienced by this kind of thing. So yeah, I, I just feel like would there have been a better way to do it without inconveniencing like the police and the staff and people like that? Well, I agree with what you said. Um, I yeah. don't condone violence. I think there were six policemen that were injured as well. So agreed. Yeah. I don't condone violence. What they did, the protest that was done at the start where they were actually uh, protesting outside in a very decent and nice way, I 100% agree with that. Violence, yeah. terrible. Don't agree with that. Um, just wanted to let that out there. Yeah. Um, on the point of uh, business that you guys brought up here, sure, mm -hmm. yes, they have made a lot of money, but they haven't even invested a single dollar how did they make so much money without investing a single dollar? You do a bit of research and you go, how they bought this club is by investing into future assets to buy the current assets. So they are guessing and hoping for the best that Manchester United will remain a successful club with all the commercial dealerships they have. By doing that, imagine if Manchester United just suddenly crumbled after Sir Alex Ferguson left or any other thing. Can you imagine the implications? Manchester United would be like what happened to uh, Leeds in the early 2000s where they had where they were deducted points and everything. So they were assuming that everything was going to go well. So I don't think that is a great business owner if you're assuming. If you do research, if you do like uh, invest your own money and everything, sure, great businessman. I get it. But if you're just pumping money, if you're just by expecting the future assets to pay off your current assets, I don't think that's a great business owner as well. So I'm so sorry to bring that up as well. Um, how does that um, show that you're a good business person? Yeah, I mean, good point on that. They didn't take so much risk with their own personal finances. But whatever it is, given the fact that the commercial aspect of it, like the name, the brand, the maybe the brand, like uh, I think compared to like say 20 years ago, uh, the name Manchester United is a lot more prominent around the world these days. That almost everybody knows what is who or what is Manchester United. They might even know some Manchester United players. That kind of branding is probably only uh, beaten by their merit, I would say, in the world, like generally globally in the world. So that, that one aspect, I would still give them credit. 
uh, despite them not dipping into their pockets. But for me, it's more on the emotion side, like their involvement in the football aspect of it itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, get it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. To do do you all think also like this is a result of the recent like um you know failure to win trophies? The MU fans are feeling frustration. If, and this wouldn't happen during the Sir Alex Ferguson time, right? Is it because of that? Uh, result? No, I don't think so. We still won like um, a Europa League and FA Cup after Ferguson left. Of course, it's not a big thing. We expect Manchester United should be winning Champions League and everything. We still win things. We're still up there. It's not because we're not winning things anymore. This started way back then when Ferguson was there as well. So, again, um, it's not because we're not winning. It's just like what Arjun said. There's no passion anymore. We, like... Like I've even seen, he was talking about how the Chelsea owner, Roman Abramovich, was there. I even see Arsenal owners, Kronke, and Liverpool owners as well, back there in the stadium, and you can see the cameras pointing at them. I've never seen these guys at all. I had to Google image, search their images to see what they look like. So, it's not because of the trophies. Arjun? Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say so much because of the trophies, but more because of Ferguson himself. I don't think protests of this level would have occurred at that time. Because Ferguson, as a manager, after like so many years at the club, he was basically involved at every department in the club. He had his hands everywhere. Nobody questioned his transfer business. Nobody questioned his scouting. Nobody questioned his youth players' uh, choices. Right now, I don't think any United manager, even Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, has that level of freedom at the club. So maybe because of things like that, um, indirectly, the fans feel as if there's at least one manager who's like a... Uh, how, how do you say, omnipresent around the club. Whereas Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still is not at that level yet. So just because of that reason, I don't think really, like Ode said, I don't think really the success has anything to do with it. But of course, arguably, it's because of the success that Ferguson was able to do that, have that much control at United. Yeah, again, he's Ferguson though, like. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say anything. <laughs> he's Sir Alex for a reason, he's knighted. And all yeah, exactly. After Ferguson, he's not knighted. So we can't um, question anything he doesn't say. So, yeah. Yeah, so... um, So now let's talk about, also talk about the European Super League. So yeah. I haven't, haven't, haven't managed to get your thoughts on it on, on air. So like, Gonna ask of Arjun, what, what do you think about ESL? <laughs> um, to be honest, if there was a way to cram the ESL inside, in addition to every other competition there is, sure, why not? It's an additional competition. You earn more revenue. You, know, you can treat it like how, say, the uh, Nations League is an additional competition in the calendar. Yes, I know that it's just an exclusive competition, but I would just treat it like how friendly cups are and it's by invitation. But Removing, not do, going into the Champions League and going into this competition is something I can't agree with because you're taking away the opportunity from the smaller clubs that you're going to play against and you're taking away the opportunity for them to earn revenue because automatically when the large clubs are in there, of course, the revenue is going to drop and I don't think it's a fair chance. Um, and also, of course, with not many uh, large clubs there, not many people are going to watch the Champions League as well. So that's in turn affecting down uh, every football club further down the pyramid. And the whole essence of football is that you can have like a Leicester title win. But if you're further going to separate like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and you know, that, that just doesn't work. You don't want the same clubs to continue winning. 
you, I mean, they can, but it must be a federal competition at least. Right. Uh, would they? Yeah, yeah. Agreed what um, he said. Uh, yeah, agreed what Arjun said. Um, what I said even in the group chat that we had earlier was if Manchester United wants more money, even if they're playing the smaller teams or whatever, MU shouldn't be playing the smaller teams. MU should be playing the big teams week in, week out. So MU should be qualifying for the Champions League knockout stages every season. If you yeah. want more money, you play good and you and then you get the money that you want. If your team is not performing well, just make sure you do like um, strict financial implications. Like you tell them that if you don't play really well, you get a bonus cut or like your pay gets cut by half or whatever. So you put the pressure on the players as well as the management team. So that's what I have to say with regards I mean, to that. I mean, just to add to that as well, even in a football sense of view, I feel if the ESL comes about and you have so many games of watching all the major European clubs going at each other, you don't, the value isn't there anymore. Like the value of big games are only there because it doesn't come around so often. I feel it won't be as nice to watch from a football point of view. So again, this ESL was a brilliant business decision or a terrible football decision. Um, although I'm not too sure if you all know, there's this new cup that has been released called the European Conference League. Oh yes. That is um, to allow the yeah exactly the, allow the smaller teams to actually go through. But the fact that the Premier League is so competitive, you might have someone like Liverpool being in the European Conference League uh, next season. So um, imagine if the ESL was all at the European Conference League, and then you, Liverpool, who's supposed to go to the European Conference League, suddenly goes to the ESL right now because of merit which is one of the uh, priorities or one of the uh, reasons why you can enter the ESL. So then that um, disadvantages the other teams as well, like who's at the bottom or above, who finished above them, like uh, Leicester and everything, who of course clearly want to go to the ESL, but now because of Liverpool's status, they can't go there anymore. So yeah. that's a bit unfair. Do you and, think so? At the very least, if they say like, you know, automatic qualification for the ESL based on past five seasons performance, maybe still acceptable, but you can't have... 10 or I, I forgot how many founding clubs there were 10 or 15 or something which 15, are there, 15. yeah every season indefinitely that doesn't, just doesn't make sense which means you could be relegated in the Premier League and you'll still be in the ESL next season you'll be playing the championship and the ESL together how does that make sense <laughs> <laughs> how, what, what do you think about Ed Wooler as a chief, chief executive like we know the end of the season he'll just yeah. step down from from his role and um, like, uh, again i think ed woodward has been a very good um, go between for the owners i think he is more of the owners man than the managers man uh, where most of his decisions seems to make more business sense than football sense again like if you look at the players he signed especially under jose Mourinho, ibrahimovic marketing shirtdale branding they would have earned so much from him pogba Lukaku, all these sort of players, Sanchez. So, oh, honestly, even though Sanchez was a flop, I feel the number of shirts they would have sold for him, the hype around him, the branding that MU would have improved because of him. For, so, from a business-wise, that might have actually been a good transfer. Only recently, I think, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, the focus has been slightly more towards players that he wants. Uh, even then, I think Ed Woodward controls the finances a lot more, and it it always seems to be more of a financial decision uh, rather than a football decision. And I think, again, why Ferguson spent less was also because of this reason. Um, every, if you see the transfer spend of Ferguson, 
it was much lower than all these managers post Ferguson. Yes, he had a good squad. He relied on his scouting. He relied on his youth. But it's also because of this business side of football, business side of the club. Um, so I'm just going to quote a few things that former Manchester United players have said about Ed Woodward. Yeah. Um, Paul Scholes said that um, he knew behind the scenes that is help needed, especially the football side. In 2019. So you look at the business side, it's great. Exactly what Arjun said. Ed Woodward is very good at that. But as a football man, I don't think he's a football man. Yeah. In the past, we had Sir Alex and David Gill. David Gill was brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And he's been a massive miss for football club. He knew football players inside out. Even mm-hmm. Sir Alex Ferguson as well. Like I said, brilliant, no question, nobody dares to do anything. Yeah. So exactly what Arjun said, Paul Scholes has summarized it very well, saying mm-hmm. the business side is done very well. Even Patrice Evra said that he is. So the sponsorship-wise, he's done really good. However, he just sends the wrong people to do it. So maybe the people that's under him might be the issue, but the business side is really good. Yeah. The football side, again, stated by Paul Scholes, not very good. Which, so again, is, as a Manchester yeah. United fan, sorry, as a Manchester yeah, sorry, United sorry. fan, um, you want the footballing side to be good because we have the passion. We've seen, we've grown up with them, them playing with passion, with love, yeah. with, I don't know, all this aggression. Yeah. So that's the issue I have with Edward Wood. Yeah, so again, I think if you just remove the footballing side of the job scope of Ed Woodward and say, give it to someone like Edwin Mendesa, for example, appoint him as a director of football or something and remain Ed Woodward in the commercial side, I think it would be a lot better. Yeah, so do you all think that it's a bit unfair to that he is being the, he's being the scapegoat of the recent MU you know, failure in terms of winning trophies or um, is a lack of director of football in the club? Yes, both, I would say. Uh, yes, he has definitely been made a scapegoat, uh, probably a little bit more than necessary. Uh, I guess, again, some of the anger towards the owners has been taken out on Ed Woodward as well. What do you think, today? Sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're human beings, we need someone to blame. And Ed Woodward seemed like the easiest person to blame because he's there. Yeah, like the we would um, direct our, our hatred towards the Glazers. So, yeah, I agree. He was um, unfairly um, blamed for a lot of things. But what do we do? <laughs> we need someone to blame at the end of the day. Okay, all right. Um, anything else to add, Arjun? Before we end today? Um, no, not right now. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to end. Right, I think everything's uh, great. Um, just wanted to let it out that the um, the match uh, was postponed because of the protests, right? Yeah. And uh, because of that, I'm sure, like, on the financial standpoint, we were talking about business. I just want to say the financial standpoint of that protest was massive, because can you imagine all the TV sh- uh, TV dealership rights, all the fans that were there, all of these things that were ready to watch the match, and because of that. A uh, few bad apples that broke into the stadium definitely caused a lot of uh, issues with that. Uh, and then now the match has been postponed. So yeah. but, but, then again, only smooth, yeah, yeah. but then again, uh, only because they broke into the stadium that the match was postponed. Yes, so yes, in yeah. a way, those people that broke into the stadium are the ones who caused the most impact. Yes, yes, they did. They did cause a lot of impact. Um, again, there are other ways we could have just continually yeah. uh, protest without uh, breaking into the stadium. So that again, that's good or bad. But I support it. I support the people who broke into it. I don't yeah. support the violence. So that's the conclusion I have right now. Yeah. yeah. On this note, no, I, I do wonder who who will be the one 
will be do those do those compensation to the you know like Liverpool, oh. the league, <laughs> 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 yeah, Exactly. Hey, I I have a quick question for you, Stephen. Uh, what do you think about the match being postponed as a Liverpool fan? Uh, I think back then, I will, I I feel I feel. I feel happy. Liverpool <laughs> 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 was not in a good place. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Uh, so so you you fortunately, the match was postponed. Yeah. Are you yeah, yeah. Are you feeling better today during the podcast interview right now? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Let's uh, the best. By the way, like we, everyone was talking about United's bad schedule. Uh, but Liverpool's bad schedule has gone under the radar as well. Even Liverpool yes. have to match two days later after this match. Yeah. yeah. In fact. Yeah, because of this match, ah, so yeah. you know. Which makes I mean, me wonder why um they because if they see impacting United and Liverpool, surely there must have been some way they could have found a middle ground. I don't think we are playing midweek next week. I could be wrong. Um yeah, the match could have been there. Or maybe during the FA Cup final as well, or maybe just before the FA Cup final the previous day. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. they could have rescheduled it much better, but maybe this uh, is an indirect uh, punishment from the Premier League towards Manchester United because how are they going to punish them besides just giving them a small fine that you know that's to them true, to the Glazers is like a <laughs> grain of salt, one piece of salt, and then how much money they have like it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but so but, might be but unfortunately, Liverpool have been caught in the middle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Such a pity, though. Such a pity. Yeah. Okay. All the best, um, all the best even, for this match. <laughs> I'm hoping for an exciting uh, match. And, 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 and from, I mean, this purely from a football side, I read somewhere that United have really uh, screwed Liverpool because uh, <laughs> they got beaten by Leicester. And then... And then now they're facing Liverpool and Liverpool are facing a match two days later. So within these three matches, Liverpool could be in a very bad position in terms of qualifying for the Champions League. So indirectly, the actions of United fans might have condemned Liverpool. Yes, yes. Some say say, um, this is a prediction by MU fans to prevent uh, Liverpool from entering the top four. So it's great. (laughs) (laughs) But but from a United perspective, I think it was worth it. I would take that. <laughs> <laughs> if you play the under 16, yeah, I would lose with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, I think that, that that is a good ending for our episode today. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, okay, um, listeners, if you have any comments about our episode or what you want us to do in the future episode, please do leave us a DM on our Instagram handle that is at Steven Rahon, that is at S-T-E-P-H-E-N underscore R-O-C-K underscore O-N. And for Arjun, it is at Ruven Arjun, that is at R-V-A-N-A-R-J-U-N. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Misubo SG and Sashrak Bakery. Ude, thanks for joining us today. Cheers, thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone who tuning in today as well. Um, Stay safe and bye-bye. Oh yeah, um, Selamat Hari Raya or Happy Eid, I guess, to everyone. <laughs> Oh, yes, that too. Yeah. So, how are you? Okay, bye-bye. Yes, bye.